The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, uh, hmm. welcome to the Pride of Detroit postgame show. And uh, we're going to have to flush this one a few times. Because, uh, not good, not good. Jeremy Reisman's here at Detroit Online. I'm Chris Perfett at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Adequate host for the postgame show and the POD cast. Um, we have been talking a lot about how I think we thought the Lions were due to kind of put things together with how close they've been in some of the, in the first three games. I think what we failed to consider is that the inverse was also true and they were ready to drop a massive flaming deuce. And that pretty much happened here. Now it took some weird bounces. It took a very comedic first half for that to happen. It took a very comedic first half of including one of the weirdest turnovers I've seen in a few years, bouncing off like the thigh of Jared Goff because Frank Ragnow snaps it early. And this sucks. This sucks because you made Justin Fields look good. You gave oxygen to everyone who wants. What's that? He is good. Matt Nagy. You, you, made, Matt not, Na- Matt, you made Matt Nagy look good. That's, that's the real, the real you, tragedy there. I, I, I refuse to cast judgment on Justin Fields, A, for my sanity, B, because we've only really had two games out of him. The first one was one net yard. So this is this is averaging out to a bad place, Jeremy. But um, I. Why didn't we run the ball more in the end of the game? I hate that I have to ask you about why, Jeremy, the person who hates running the football. Why didn't we run the football more at the end of the game? I mean, the but, end of the game is when they showed the most more the most success. I don't have any uh, the, I don't have any I, problem I, with I, the I, general game plan. If we want to jump right to coaching decisions I, and that fourth I and, have a and problem half with yard. Jared Goff dropping back four straight times, but maybe we can quibble on that a bit later. Overall in this game, it was a lot of self-inflicted gunshots. Yes. And once again, the Lions kind of putting things back together, but this time showing you you ain't like not enough gunshot wounds to close up to get even close. Well, and, and that's I think that's the one that's the reason why this is probably one of the more frustrating games of the season is like the Lions were toe to toe with the Bears in the first half, but they just time after time that they, they crossed over the 10 yard line of the Bears and decided 
I'm going to poop my pants this time. I'm going to poop them again. I'm going to poop I'll them poop again. Them. And, and keep pooping them. Four, four trips pants. inside the 10 yard line came away with zero points. They eventually scored one of their red zone opportunities and then their other touchdown came from a 25 now, yard pass. So it wasn't a red zone opportunity. Yeah. Now, granted, a few times they were really aggressive about that. And yeah. I know you're probably yeah. going to have some thoughts about that final aggression because I'm already sure. seeing the fights about what you're down 10. Do you just kick the field goal and then try for a touchdown? But. I mean, whatever you've got it. You've got to get the touchdown regardless, no matter where you go in it. So it's just, I liked the aggression showed in this game, but I don't think like it. Two things are going to hurt from this game. One, the amount of injuries the Lions now have to deal with, with, you know, Sewell stung up Ragnow out. um, Romeo Quara left the game. Who else am I missing? Bobby Price, Bobby Price, Matt (laughs) Matt Nelson, Nelson. Bobby Price, Bobby Price, by the way, like, I know a lot. Of, I, I saw some people calling for his head. Like we have to c- remind you guys, this guy was on the practice squad not long ago and converted from a safety to a cornerback. Like, yeah, I, I mean, think he, I th- the <laughs> only reason this guy made the roster was because he wanted like the lines wanted his special teams abilities. It's not yeah. his fault that he's thrust no. into a situation where he has to guard Allen Robinson and has to deal with. Listen, I, I know I know you're trying to trash Justin Fields, but he had a hell of a game this game. Lines, no, the lines certainly didn't together. challenge it. Well, that's the thing is like they didn't yeah. do what you they the Browns had the game plan on fields and that put pressure on him. He'll collapse because he doesn't have great vision in the pocket and the Bears O line is trash. And maybe you can break down the defense a little bit more because I there wasn't much from the defense to rush him in this game. Now, that's hard once you lose Romeo Quara early in the game. But I mean. I don't know. It, I mean, the defense is and, and I'm glad we're talking about this, too, because I feel like the narrative of this game is going to be coaching decisions, coaching decisions, coaching decisions when there's yeah. obviously some fun, fundamental uh, parts about this team that are that are flawed right now. And part it's not a is, good roster. Listen, they, they came out in, in the game and the one thing they needed to do against this Bears offense, because it's the one thing that the Bears offense showed they could actually do through three weeks in this game is run the ball and the Bears ran the ball all over the Detroit Lions in the, in the beginning of this game. Their offensive line, who we just spent a week trashing for allowing nine sacks last week, absolutely dominated the line of scrimmage in the first half. The Lions cleaned that up in the second half. Good for them. Great. But by then, they were already down 14-0. Uh, and by then, you know, the, line, the the Bears were able to kind of do what they want with their offense. When they have that lead, they can throw some play action in there. They can get some guys wide open in the passing game. And that's the thing. Like, once the Lions' defense, run defense Shored up. Well, then it was like, okay, well, now we have to rely on our secondary because our pass rush isn't getting there because we're missing our top two edge guys. And guess what? Secondary also really bad. Yeah. And like everyone, everyone complaining about Bobby Price should probably be throwing those towards Will Harris a little bit more. Like Will Harris was once again awful in this game. Yeah. I, that's the most frustrating part of, of Will Harris's day was probably that third and four in which oh he God. correctly read that Justin Fields was going to tuck it and run. And then he ran right by him <laughs> because he took an awful angle and yeah. underestimated how fast Justin Fields was. <sighs> yeah. Like I don't, I, 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 the only reason I push back on it is I think it's too early and I've had to deal with lions fans already today, wanting to once again, revisit something they can't control, which is why didn't we draft Justin Fields? And I don't want to deal with that. I'm not, I having don't because it's stupid. Right not having that it's conversation stupid right because we're not having this conversation. If it's anyone else, but the bears drafting him and you, Panay Sewell still makes you amazing on the offensive line. It's it's a work in progress. It's going to take time. Now, I already see some of our chat pushing back on us about the coaching decision, saying Campbell left a lot of points on the field. 
Um, do we want to break down a lot of those coaching decisions? Cause like <laughs> they're going to be controversial because you failed to convert on that. Right. But you were also like pushing a lot of the fourth down decision bot and everything. And I agree. And I like the aggression. And sometimes on the aggression, no matter what you do on the aggression, you're rolling the dice. You're rolling a dice with better odds, but you're still rolling the dice. Sometimes it's going to go against you. Here's where I'm at with it. And I think it's going to be the inverse of where a lot of people are at. The first one I thought was a tricky, was a much more of a toss up. I know the lines are down 14, nothing, nothing seems to be going their way. They, you know, they, they want to get aggressive and and make it a one score game, make it a 14, seven game, but it's fourth and five, fourth and five is not an easy down, especially there in the red zone. You do not have a lot of field to work with there. You literally have 15 yards of, of field to work with. This is a really good bears defense. I would have been totally okay with the field goal there. Um, I, I also understand being aggressive there. Like, listen, I'm, I'm the guy all off season was like, I don't know if Dan Campbell is going to be aggressive enough. I think he's getting old school mentality, field goal, run the ball, that sort of stuff. He's proven me wrong so far outside of maybe not being aggressive last week when you had the <laughs> offense head to the ball, but yeah, nevertheless, I mean, the one that everyone's going to talk about is the last one. And the last one, I had absolutely no problem with the fact of going for it. Now, once we've decided to go for it, that's when I think the problems start. Because first of all, you're fourth and inches. This is not a fourth and one. This is fourth and a half a yard. Your offense is actually rolling, doing pretty well in the second half. You're, you're, you got the Bears on their, on their heels. They're tired. You're, you're running the ball a lot. Everything seems to be working okay. But you go out there, you rush a play. You throw an out route, which is the exact same out route that Jared Goff missed on the fourth and one against the Packers. And, and, and that's your play call? Like, that's your play call? I, I understand you yeah. don't have Frank Ragnow in this game, so maybe rushing up the middle isn't as easy as it is, but we're talking about fourth and a half a yard. Quarterback sneak gets that 90% of the time. Go out there, quarterback sneak. We welcome now Ryan Matthews into the postgame show as well. And uh, Ryan, we've been just kind of breaking down the aggression shown by the coaching staff and some of the decisions, which, yeah, I just I think it, it was the right decision for me on that on that fourth and, and one. But it was the wrong it was the wrong implement there. Like Jamal Williams was carving up this Bears defensive line like, like I Jamal mean. W- even but even all this feels like nitpicking, right? Because like it is, it is. The, the, the receiver was open. There was Quintus Cephas was also open in the middle. Jared Goff just got, you know, there was a guy coming in him from his right. He threw it off his back foot when there was plenty of room for him to step into the throw to his left. And he overthrew the guy like the play was there. The call was there. Everything could have worked. But again, execution. So I'm not hanging this loss on the on the coaching staff at all, at all. No. I, I, I am nitpicking, but at the same time, like I feel like at some point you need to realize who Jared Goff is and not let him throw the ball 38 times in a game. That's all I'm saying. But I mean, what, maybe don't fall behind 21 nothing then. Like, what are you supposed to do in those situations? They, they were throwing the ball a lot in the second half and it was working more than anything else was. Don't, I mean, I, uh, I, I, Jamal run. Williams is working too, but like you can't run out the clock when you're down 21 points. You just you have to have a better defense. This is why this team is going to lose a lot of games is because they're so incongruous on both sides of the ball. Defensively, they can't get a stop. And when you can't get a stop, you can't run the ball. And that's what they want to do on offense. But at some point, you know what Jared Goff's average is at hitting his shots. And if you're just wasting it down because you're playing that average, I'd rather still have some of the clock burned out because I know at least and again on fourth and one that Jamal can get over that line. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm with you there. I, I don't anyway, think Ryan, right Ryan, we should probably let Ryan jump in here. Hi, Ryan. How do you feel? 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I think I think this could be divisive because it seems like both you guys were fine with that call. I, I just wanted the field goal. I wanted there for I, I wanted for them to have an opportunity fine with field goal too. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, it, I'm it, neutral it, on the call itself. Yeah. I here's the thing. Jared Goff had how many opportunities in the red zone to make plays on fourth down and he didn't do it. What? Three times. We have the the snap, the the miscommunication with him and Ragnow, the fumble and then the incomplete pass like you like, come on, you can't be that bad in the red zone on fourth down, fourth and short, fourth and a yard to gain and expect to win a football game like Jared got like this is this is the thing that's most frustrating is how how is he able to to put up some pretty box score numbers in like a quarter and a half of play and it does enough to like fool everybody who's watching him I shouldn't say everybody but it, it fools a lot of people into thinking that Jared Goff is not the problem Jared Goff is the problem Jared Goff is the problem with this Lions offense he limits them. He certainly limits what they can do. And I, I think that's why they struggle a lot in the red zone. And, and it's kind of surprising to me that they were so good in the red zone going into this game. Eight trips in the first three games, seven touchdowns, one field goal. Today, four trips, one touchdown. Three trips. The, with the thing that bugs me about golf more than the red zone, too. Quintez Cephas has a lot of potential as a wide receiver, but it's not going to mean much when Jared Goff, Jared Goff was consistently when he did take shots deep, he was taking shots deep, which is okay. But when you're consistently firing over the heads of your guys, like that tool just isn't going to work. He, he missed, I don't he know. missed Khalif Raymond on a, on a touchdown at the scene. Yep. yep. He overthrew Hawkinson by like three heads. Like, yeah, Jared Goff missed a lot of throws and people wonder why the Lions had to try to. This has been a consistent theme. The Lions getting themselves into trouble outside of the Packers game where they just flip flopped everything. But like three games so far, the Lions have put themselves in a straitjacket and then people have expected Jared Goff to Houdini this team into a win. That's not going to happen. No, and it, it's not what it, they want to do. And nope. it and it's and it's self-inflicted. Like, I mean, we're not even talking about this even being a game if the ball doesn't bounce off the ground perfectly to Jared <laughs> Goff to catch for like to for him to grab it and run for four or five yards. Like, Jared Goff's ball security is a huge issue. I what was going on with the uh, with the with the bad snap? Like, I that's going to be credited to the rag now, but I'm really curious. Like. Did Goff just give the wrong signal and get snapped? Did Ragnow kind of a brain fart? Like, I, it, It's hard to know for sure, but usually yeah. the situation in, in cases like that, it's loud, you're at Soldier Field, so the center hears the quarterback say something when he's he's going up to say something in terms of like either sliding the protection, changing the play. The center hears that, and he, he thinks he hears hike. That's it. Okay. I just, it's, I it's, just think we've proven that Jared Goff just can't run this offense for a long time. That's all. I mean, he certainly hasn't been able to put together a full game. There, again, there were there were moments in this game, and, and it's not just padding the stats. There were no moments when he was really, really good. I thought he had some really good ball placement. There was one play that got him. I think it was a third down. He he, you know, he kind of danced around in the pocket, found some extra time, found a wide open receiver, and converted a third down. 
But then, you know, a couple plays later, yeah, nothing. It's just, like, it, it's it's just, just, but you can't have a core. If you, if you want to win long term, you just can't have a quarterback that is that Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, and course. I know this coaching staff has a lot of faith in him, but I am curious how much longer that faith continues to last. I had some people, I didn't really push back on them, but we were hanging around in Discord and I had some people ask me, and I didn't really have a good answer because I don't watch him, but like, and I feel a little overblown, but it's like, what, what is Goff doing with this offense that David Blau like can't do either. I don't. And I mean, obviously I think Goff is a little more talented than Blau a lot at the end of the day, but I understand that in that Blau probably isn't making the weird boneheaded decisions that go Jekyll and Hyde. He's just be below average at the end. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say that because we've seen how much of David Blau in actual NFL action. Yeah, like, no, I mean, I that know, guy, I know. that guy's, that Backup's guy, I mean, favorite guy in town. He's inexperienced. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't I don't think that's even a conversation to be had. I don't, I don't think David Blau does anything to move the needle on this offense. So. Yeah, um, I just... hate to come in here with an injury update, but uh, Campbell dropped okay. the Achilles word again. Jesus. for Romeo Quara. Yeah, he, he didn't say it is. is he didn't say it is an Achilles, uh, but says it's a potential Achilles. And yeah, that's Kyle exactly Lenton's what he said. The injury is serious. Uh, that's exactly what Dan Campbell said right after Jeff Okuda's yeah. injury. It, it, it was really the same situation. It was called a foot injury on the field. He was a, called out for the game. So I, I'd say there's probably a pretty damn good chance that Romeo Quara either tore or ruptured his Achilles, which means he's going to be out for the season as well. Yeah, the exact quote from Dan Campbell is Romeo doesn't look good, doesn't look good at all. Um, also being reported that might that Ragnow is in better shape, but could potentially uh, miss some time as well. I mean, that's it. That's literally your best player on offense and your best player on defense. Yeah. The mash unit started early. That's rough. Good news I is mean, if you're if you're if you're rooting for the tank at the very least. The rest of the NFL did you some favors and a bunch of teams, including the Jets, picked up wins. Did, on the other the hand, Jets, like, the, hold on. Did the Jets win? Yes, they beat the Titans. But what was the score? Let me pull that up for you. Because the last time I saw it, the Titans scored t- scored a late touchdown. It's an overtime. I, it's not over yet. Oh, it's it's an overtime. Okay. I pulled that game down. I thought it was over. Yeah, it is an <clears> overtime. <throat> I'm an um, the the impending results of whatever tests they do to see if Aquara tore ruptured did substantial damage to his Achilles is. That sucks so much. Like it, it goes beyond just like losing your best defensive player this year. Like you're talking about like n- probably losing him for, recovery, yeah. for, for you're, you're, you're talking about him potentially missing time into next season. So it's, it's horrible, man. It's, it's, just, it's been such a rough. I just signed a huge a contract. Just signed a huge contract. I mean, guy, we're all predicting, you know, could potentially do double digit sacks this year. And, and yeah, you're right. Like now, now that edge position looks really thin for the future. Like we, we've got some good play out of Charles Harris. I thought he had another good game here, and and Julian Aquara. Yeah, Charles Harris was the one last who week. was actually getting like the, the one real significant pressure that like but, really challenged uh, Fields. But I mean, here's the issue: like going forward, who can you rely on? Like Charles Harris isn't a spring chicken. He's only signed one year. Are you going to re-sign him? Like suddenly, like edge rusher 
also jumps towards the top of the list of things you need. You need a corner. You need an edge rusher. You need a quarterback. Might need safety I mean, help, this, too. I, you definitely need a safety. Now, Will definitely Harris, need a safety. Will, Will Har- I think Will Harris was the worst player on the field today. Absolutely. Like, I'm... My my frustration with Goff is only outstripped by my frustration with Will Harris at this point. Three three plays on one drive. One, a 64-yard pass that he's the deep man. Nobody should be getting behind him, and Darnell Mooney got behind him. Then takes a terrible angle on third and four when Justin Fields is escaping the pocket to the right and gives up a first down. And then to put the cherry on top of everything, gets bowled over by David Montgomery on the way to the end zone. And the most fitting thing, if I have a still image from Will Harris so far this season, is him on his rear end pointing at the ground like David Montgomery was down short of the goal line. Like, that's the <laughs> that's the most impactful thing Will Harris can do is sit on his ass and try to game the system. Like, the Lions need... like. But here's, here's the thing, Jeremy. In terms of safety... What they, they what, what can they really do? Like they, I mean, Dean Marlowe, yeah, he already he already gets a significant amount of snaps. It's not like you have any depth behind. No, I mean these I guys mean, to like. We yeah. talked about it all off season, right? We thought maybe they draft a guy. We thought maybe they'd eventually find someone in free agency. They didn't do any of that stuff, and and whether it's them trying to figure out what they got in Tracy Walker and Will Harris, like you either have to be okay with that trying out their young guys, or you have to be mad at them for not trying to win this year. Like, I, I don't know. Like they're, they're trying out their young guys and it's not working. Like, like, is there any, is there any chance that you think, I mean, CJ Moore is just such a special teams player. Do you think that there's a, a shot that he gets a chance at some point? No, not really. I mean, they, they, they were running a, a corner back there, right? Like I, I saw a, a tweet. I, I didn't actually see it happen, but um, Chris Burke was saying like they, they were running uh, I can't remember the the corner's name. Dar- I think Daryl so Dar- Worley, was, Dar- Dar- Worley, Worley yeah. was playing safety. Worley in this was game. out there, yeah, and he yeah. missed he missed a sack on Fields. I, I don't I don't necessarily think it was a bad day from Tracy Walker, but like, uh, not I mean, great either. You, you need you need the the corners aren't helping out either. Like we have to be clear about this. Like, and it's not their fault. Like these are guys that are that shouldn't be starting. The lines weren't planning on starting, and they're starting. But um, you know it's. It's just a mess there in the secondary right now with all the injuries, with all the young players that are playing, with all the, the lack of depth that we, we knew going in they had and, and they decided they were okay with. And, and maybe they just didn't have the means to, I mean, you can't fix everything in one offseason, right? I don't, yeah. that's, that's what it is for me. Like, they just don't have the means to do it. They had several big contracts saddling them. Like, they're eating $20 million in dead cap this year from, 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 uh, from Jamie Collins, like, there's just nothing you can really do. It just in the interim, it just sucks because again, in the first three games, they showed those flashes to you and it happens in this game. The flash just went the other way. They were kind of due for a game where like their, their bad was just going to massively outweigh their good. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you just have to bring it back to the fact that they had three chances to score from within the 10 yard line and they came away with zero points. And again, some of that comes from like psychotic turnovers, right? Like you can't really, those, those are going to happen. You have to laugh at them. That's just well, whatever. I mean, no, one, city, one you can laugh at. The other one, 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 I, the other one yeah. got, got beat. Wasn't that, a tipped, and, wasn't that tipped up though? Or was it? 
Don't. No, no, you're thinking of a fourth down conversion. That yeah, I'm they thinking got about the fourth down. Yeah. No, the other one was a strip sack that Penesul got beat up on, and then yeah. the Bears did the little lateral thing that didn't work. Um, no, I mean, listen, just the lines are beat up everywhere where we where we thought they were bad and where we thought they were good. Right, the offensive line is out there now trotting out an offensive line that that is missing their two best offensive linemen. And apparently it sounds like it's going to be that way at least for, for a couple times because it doesn't sound like a, like a Ragnow's injury is, is great either. Um, I, I don't think as much as Decker wants to be out there that he's necessarily going to be ready by next week. It might be another week for him. And so you're dealing with your, your best offensive lineman is a rookie starting on the left side after practicing on the right side all offseason. And we're starting to see maybe things aren't as rosy as it was in his first start. And then you've got everyone else. You've got Matt Nelson up against <laughs> the, the likes Leo of Mack. Khalil Mack and it not going quite as well as it did last year. you got a secondary that's beat up. Like, the only thing that seems to be working okay right now is a running game. And unfortunately, that doesn't matter if you're, if you're making huge mistakes in the passing game and if you're letting them score at will on defense. Like, you're, you're basically rendering your own best aspect of your team meaningless because you can't run the ball anymore when when you're down three scores there's nothing you can do about it and that's i mean that's why the lines are are hanging in some of these games is because they're allowed to stretch out these possessions they're allowed to they're they're, they're seeing success on the run game they're driving it down but the problem is when they get in the red zone or when they get on the, the the opponent's side of the field suddenly the defenses are starting to close up starting suddenly they're starting to get next to the the line of scrimmage suddenly they're yeah, starting they to shut down to worry about the likes of TJ Hawkinson and Deandre Swift. And what, do, who do the lines turn to when those two guys are gone? Because for the first three quarters of this game, it was nobody. No one was getting open. No one was making plays on the ball. And yes, Jared Goff missed a pass for two too, but there's no one on the team that, that, that can be that red zone threat. If they, if they hone in on TJ Hawkinson, what do you do? This is the thing I've, I've been worried about all season. Like, yeah, TJ Hawkins, you know, playing his best football. He was dominating in training camp, but the Lions need someone to draw attention away from him and they're just not getting it because they, they don't, the Bears did not respect the, the Lions receivers in this game. And they, for no. three quarters, they did not give them a reason to respect them. I do appreciate Amon Ross St. Brown coming off the milk carton though. That was actually promising a little bit. I mean, um, I mean e- each of the receivers had career days. Quintus Cephas with uh, the most receiving yards he's had in a game. Yep. Yep. But I think that's also a product of you're asking Jared Goff to throw 38 times. (laughs) 